What is up, everybody? Jeff Needs Sports is back again, official off-the-ball network production. This is another 15 minutes on. We're going to do Team USA basketball tonight. And with me, I got a, a fellow member of the off-the-ball network, uh, co-host of the Bunsen Bruises podcast. I got uh, Jurgen uh, with me tonight. Jurgen Coney, how are you doing? I'm doing very good. I'm excited to talk break down some more basketball. You know, I'm, yeah, I, I'm excited. I know we thought basketball season was over, but, uh, <laughs> but here we go. So everybody knows this is the 15 minutes on. We don't have a lot of time to waste. So we're going to jump right into it with your, so first of all, your question is, you know, you, team USA has lost three out of four. I believe they've yeah. lost, they lost their, is it, was it their first Olympic game against France or their second, whichever. So they just one, lost. Yeah. yeah. They lost their first game against France. You know, we, we, we perceive this as the best players in the world. Question is team USA a failure. <laughs> uh, how quickly we are always to say ding dong, the witch is dead, but this time we're, <laughs> we're not even waiting for the official knockout for it. Uh, obviously the easy answer is no, they're not dead at all. I think when you look at the remainder of their schedule, their last two games, it's relatively easy. They're the other two countries they're going to face are Iran and the Czech Republic. You compare Ooh. that to the other groups. It's in group B it's Australia and Germany. And then group C, by the way, this Sunday, August 1st, welcoming us into the new month. It's going to be Spain versus uh, Slovenia. So you're going to see Luca against that Spanish team. That's that's going to be an exciting game to watch. Great game, by the way. So so let's just touch on that real quick. Um, you know, you know, we don't have a lot of time, but yeah. that's the thing. The rest of the world's pretty good. Uh, I mean, you know, I remember the dream team. Everybody, yeah. you know, that's the famous dream team. And I remember this was the goal. This was the goal of the dream team. And now we've achieved this goal. And then now there's this backlash. I'm like, no, the rest of the world is better basketball is around the world it doesn't belong to america anymore and now we have a, a game like spain versus so slovenia that's awesome so to me that's a positive but you know the the context of you know like i said earlier people wake up in the morning they roll over they watch the news team usa is a failure you know they're 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 a joke it, it it's wild honestly because like you said it's just the first game against france and france has been one of these countries that's been consistently good for a long time they're the next team in that group with the most nba players so when you consider that it is just wild to me that we're doing this especially like a, when you consider all circumstances not even thinking of covid this usa team has probably had the least amount of time of any usa yeah. team to ever practice together and with d book middleton and drew holiday having to fly in last minute from the finals like th that was their first like that game was essentially their first run together. Like yeah. you can't expect them to win that. Yeah. I'm glad you touched on that year because it, it, it upsets me because you have so many of these players that played in the playoffs and they're like, okay, we're going to go ahead and go like Booker shouldn't be there. I mean, I'm just, as far as preparation, like Booker, you know, the Milwaukee bucks, like this guy shouldn't be there. There's no time to get ready, but they, they did it, but then they lose. And then they get laughed at, um, you know, that that's kind of my whole thing about is, there, there's there's no way to think that these players are bad. We just watched them play a great playoffs. And so, you know what, we're going to, that's just going to, let's just carry that over into my next subject. Why the hatred? Um, you know, I told you earlier, to me, you know, what I hear on a daily basis, is like they get what they deserve, you know, oh, I guess, I guess maybe they should, they should be less woke and more practice and blah, blah, blah. We know what the backlash is. And, and I kind of worded it to you as, it feels like it's Team USA versus conservative America, but that's not fair. It's just, but it is Team USA against a certain population of America that is almost rooting against them. Um, so then it's like, well, what's the benefit of these guys? Like, why would Kevin Durant even go over there? 
<laughs> and play. So how do you feel just about the negative? I said hatred because I'll just be honest with you. I want people to watch and I want people to see that word and, and <laughs> tune in, uh, you know, full disclosure. But why the negativity towards Team USA? I mean, what did these guys do? Like they, they threw a team together and they, we're talking – we're not talking millionaires. We're talking like guys like Durant, uh, Booker. I mean, we, these guys are corporations. Right. There's they they have literally nothing to gain by going to Tokyo. So, you know, how can you exp can you explain the hatred or how do you interpret the uh, negativity? I think it's on two different fronts. When you mentioned that, uh, one is the front of the typical sports fan when they see something different to what they're used to seeing, they immediately bulk against it. They go against it. So we, like you said, for how long you've been watching Team USA basketball, even for myself, like I don't really remember the 04 Olympics personally. So my main experience with USA basketball is the 08 Redeem team, the 2012 London team, and then the 2016 team. And those three teams easily went to gold. So for someone like in around my age or age range or even older, like you're used to seeing Team USA dominate on the world stage. So when you don't see that, you immediately go to harsh criticism, not regular criticism. There's a difference here. Harsh, negative criticism to the, the typical tropes. They're not playing hard enough. They don't want it bad enough. I would want it more than them if I was out on the court. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. You would get slaughtered. So let's move past that. <laughs> so that, that's like one of the main things here is like the, the typical criticism because this USA team is not doing what USA teams have done in the past. Which honestly, like, I've never understood because it's like, I, I know Team USA is always great, but they're different players. Seriously, KD hasn't been at the Olympics since, well, he was there 2016. I, I, I thought he wasn't there for a second, but I'm thinking of like different players that weren't there. Like, this is just not the same kind of team. This is not the same kind of built team when you think of how Popovich has really made this squad kind of like in and try to make it an image of his own. So you can't criticize them on that. And I think... So on the other side of things, the second reason I think is kind of to what you're saying, like a lot of these guys were very vocal over the past year with what the summer of 2020 was. Yeah. And the it just so happens, like you could call it a coincidence if you feel, but it's also just a fact that a lot of people had vitriol against Kevin Durant and vitriol against these guys. And it's always been fascinating to me. And we're not going to dive too much into it. Like, that's not what I'm here for. But I've always found it interesting when we say we don't want the social issues and all that to go into our sports. If you really look at it, like social issues have been around in sports for a long time. The Olympics itself, when you think of the history oh. uh, of the Olympics in and of itself, like it, it's ingrained in it. Literally the U S uh, there were issues with the Soviet union in the seventies and the eighties with participating in the Olympics of Germany back in the thirties and forties. Like we can't say we want the worlds to be separate when throughout our history, many years ago, f uh, previous generations, like it, it allowed to intertwine as well. Okay, let, let me just let me put a few things out there because, you know, I'm lucky enough, you know, at my age, like I remember uh, the Soviets and, and the American, you know, them not going to each other's Olympics. And then I think of the social issues and, you know, I hear that a lot like, oh, that's what they get. This is blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, what if what if Jesse Owens would have like just not done what he did? Like the, the, this is what the Olympics are always been, but not to compare these two, but, you know, to to tailgate on your point there, that's always been a social thing. And, but I think, a, and, and a lot of it is just, you know, it's just backlash. Let's be honest. It's, it's still classic backlash against young, rich black athletes. Yeah. Like there's a certain population that loves to see Katie, you know, take a step back. And, and, and it, but what I, what I get at though, is that, once again, like if you're KD, you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> I, I'm I'm doing the same thing as everybody else here. A matter right. of fact, for the Olympics, the NBA players make less than 
the gymnasts, the swimmers, and all that. They're literally doing it for free. I'm not saying that they're poor, but they are actually volunteering their time. So if all the, if all the Olympic athletes, the NBA players are actually more of the true volunteering their time role. And there, there's no way that you can separate the summer of 2020 and then the backlash that's happening now. It's just the craziest thing. I mean, I remember I remember what started the Dream Team. I remember the 1988 Olympics. I remember watching the basketball games, and I was devastated mm-hmm. at, at the loss um, when they didn't win gold and then everything that happened after that. I'm old enough to remember the, this whole thing. And so now we've got these guys – and I, I just don't know. I don't know where they go from here. So I guess that we you know. Well, let's just let that take us into our next question here. Um, what's the solution? And when I say solution, long term, what what do you think makes Team USA? Let's face it. If these guys practice for two months before the Olympics, they would. It it, it would be. It would be a slaughter, like you right. said. <laughs> so, what do you see as a in a Act and a reasonable solution to to get Team USA basketball back to where people think it should be. So I think I actually thought of this just before we went live. Funny enough, so I think when you think of the European countries and how they do things, these guys play with each other. Not just the year of the Olympics, not just the year before it. They play like from after 2016. They they were playing with each other in 2017 and 2018. You know, preparing for this moment. Now, not necessarily to you know, to that level of extent. But what I think Team USA should try to do is that for a month every summer after this Olympics, so leading up to the next one, so the summer of 2022 and 2023, they should have a month, month and a half little program where they bring and like whoever wants to potentially try out for the Olympics in the next run through can come in and they're going to play against each other, work with each other, against each other for like a month, month and a half time. Not it's going to be competitive. The guys will be able to hang out with each other, but to kind of get the sense of, you know, who can work well with each other? Can yeah. we find this natural chemistry? Like maybe uh, does Dame have this natural connection with, you know, hitting Tatum at the top of the key or you know, throwing an oop to Bam? Uh, does Do Kevin Durant, of course we know they do, but hypothetically, like do Kevin Durant and Kyrie, like is their connection at the Olympic level just even better than what it is in the NBA? It's little things like that that I think Team USA can do to get back to, you know, a quote unquote more dominant level just get more familiar with each other because these guys they've been playing with one another some of these guys on these other countries they've been playing with each other since they were like 16 since they were young yeah yeah and so that's the way i see it yeah yeah that was all that was always one of the arguments too that we always said if we sent the nba champion over they would win this tournament by 50 points a game because of the teamwork and everything and i kind of agree now this was a weird i mean obviously the last whatever 15 months in America has been weird, but also the playoffs went late. So there was no time for these guys to have any time to practice together, you know, and then all that factors in, there was no, there was no, you know, extra time to get together. But I also think that, you know, to springboard on that, just go ahead and make your team. Don't worry about who the quote unquote best. Don't worry about putting an all-star team together. Yeah. Just two years before the Olympics say, who wants to be there in two years? I, I I don't even care what mix of players you have. They're going to be fine. You guys, you know, find a way in today's with today's money and traveling and all that. You know, you guys get together once a month, once every two months and practice and build that, you know, camaraderie. I don't care, you know, who the point guard is. You know, we just saw the Milwaukee Bucks, like what you can do with really good talent. 
but yeah. you you stick together and play as a team. You do the same thing with Team USA basketball. It doesn't matter if KD's there. I mean, it, if you build a team and and they they figure out chemistry and work together, it's going to be fun. You know, that's that's the the whole issue with it. And that being said, you brought it up. They're they're not they're not. It's not over. Right. But but it's just the the knee jerk reaction that everybody has, and it is tough. And I do, I think there is something to say, and you know about these guys that it's implied that they can just roll the ball out, and you know Lillard can score sixty on anybody. Apparently not. You know, there's 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 more to basketball. But to me, that's a that's a good thing. Um, how I mean, if you look at the NBA right now, if you take a top ten players, there's at least two or three foreign-born players that are the best top ten in the NBA, maybe top five. I think yeah. top five – I mean, you got you got Giannis and Luka for sure. So two of the top five without a and doubt. Jokic as well was the MVP and Jokic, this past that's year. What I'm, that's what I'm getting at. So, you know, I think it's ridiculous for people to say, like, that we should just be rolling over the rest of the world at this point. You know, we need to give credit where credit's due. Uh, you know, it just goes back to those I – th- I believe the – it was the Grateful Dead team, you know, back in '92 that everybody latched onto. I think it was Lithuania um, at the time. I, I probably said that wrong, but uh, anyway, that 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 the whole point of it is is that the world's not the world is catching up, but it's a good thing. Yeah, you know, that, it, that was the goal of the '92 Dream Team, like you said. That's like, what I said. They succeeded they basketball worldwide. Yeah, and then when it happens, then these current players get the backlash, and you you wonder sometimes. I, they all look up and they're just like, how long do we have to live in the shadow of the dream team? Like how long do I have to live in the shadow of Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson? I don't, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but I'll say this. Go Team USA. I hope it works out. So, Jurg, I told you, man, this is going to be a buzzsaw. That's our 15 <laughs> minutes. Uh, tell everybody real quick like where, where they can find you and what your show is. Uh, that Bunsen Bruises podcast at Bunsen Bruises on Twitter. We had an, another electric episode this past Monday where we recap the NHL stuff. Next upcoming Monday, we'll be doing a lot of MLB trade deadline stuff. You can find us there. We're we're excited. It's 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 trade season in our sports. It's the off season for the NHL, and you know I'm I'm hyped up. Real, real quick, Jurg, I need I need your expert opinion. Break it to me. Just yes or no. Is Chris Bryant getting traded? Yes. Ah. Yes. Never mind. You're fired. <laughs> I know, man. It's it's killing me. That that's a whole other show. But anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks everybody for watching. This was our 15 minutes on Team USA. Be kind to each other, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Jared.